So, okay, recording this computer, let's go. So today is week 23 for Naturally Healthy Club and we're going to be talking about positive restriction. Yes, you heard right. <laughs> positive restriction can actually be a positive thing, a tool that we can use. Uh, and I think for those of you that are that that are that have that sneaky thought, oh, I shouldn't be restricting. This is going to be this is going to be a, a lesson that will unlock, um, you know, a lot of the blocking blocking for you. So, I'm really excited to dive in, and. I wanted to start this with a quote from Naomi, actually, from um, from the, from last week's call. And she she said, like, after I was coaching with her, like, less can be restorative. And that goes along with this theme of positive restriction. But that's, I think, when you're thinking of less can be restorative, that that's uh, a very a very elegant way to put it. And it's also, it's tuning you into the, the benefits that you get from eating less. It's because, like, there's kind of in um you know in a in some way we've got this oh if I'm eating less than we then I'm missing out on something or that it's a bad thing whereas in actual fact and which is true in most of life less is more <laughs> uh you know when you simplify our wardrobe like and have less clothes and less clutter in our lives like that actually opens us up for a better experience of life and it's the same that same can be true of food um, so we'll yeah we'll do, we'll talk talk more about about that when we uh, when we get to the positive restriction section. But I wanted to just highlight that that thought from Naomi because I think it's it's such a powerful one. Okay, so our plan for today is we'll go through our philosophy and process, and I've got a bit of news to share, and then we will do a recap of last week's lesson, which was roadblock habits, and then or that busted habits, <laughs> depending on your choice of of word. And, and then we'll talk about this idea of, of positive restriction and how can actually be like having less can actually be a positive thing. And uh, then we'll, we'll, we'll check in and do any coaching that needs to happen. So how naturally healthy club philosophy. So I am or I'm becoming naturally healthy. A new addition that I'm talking about adding in is setting intentions gives me the best of both worlds. And this is one that a a thought from the philosophy that I have from my secret society of intentional booze hounds. Cause we in that group, we totally focused on being intentional with our alcohol. And here we've talked in the naturally healthy club, we, talk, we focused on being intentional with our food. And I think reminding ourselves that actually when we set an intention, when we navigate food in this way, that's how we get the best of both worlds. That's how we get to enjoy food. We have a healthy relationship with food where food feels fun and nurturing and nourishing and we eat well, but we're, and we're also like, and the, the other world is that we get to feel good in our bodies and our clothes. Like we're not in that overeating territory. So um, yeah, thinking about adding that one in. Uh, I'm way more powerful than I think. There's no rush. Just remember, there's no rush. Yes, I weigh XXX and it's okay. How do I want this to go? Overeating isn't worth it. There'll be plenty. Oh, I can have this later. I can have it later or I'll enjoy this later. I change best when I feel good. I don't have to do this perfectly. The most pleasure happens in the first few bites. It's safe for me to feel my feelings. There are no bad foods and we prioritize protein. I'm so lucky I'm getting exactly what I need when I need it. That There is no failing, only learning. I want to do this and I can do this. Okay, and then our process, there's four parts to our process. So, and the way we remember it is light, L-I-T-E, 
also listening to our bodies in terms of how much to eat, but also listening to our our, our souls in terms of what do we need at any particular moment so that we're not just automatically reaching for food to soothe ourselves or to comfort ourselves or to entertain us when there's actually something else that would another tool that would be a better better use um, and the habit that goes along with listening to our tummies is either leaving bites behind on our plate when we notice that we've had enough just leaving food behind or going the other option and actually serving ourselves being being really intentional with our serving sizes and, and only serving ourselves as much as we think we could possibly need with the option to go back and have more if we if we if we're listening we're like so we're listening at the other end if we're like oh actually that wasn't very satisfying or i'm not quite satisfied going back and getting more then we've got i for intentional choices which is really this is really is the thing that 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 gives us the best of both worlds like using our prefrontal cortex using our adult beautiful human brain rather than using our emotional you know two-year-old brain to make decisions around food can go a long way and there have been so many people I've worked with in the naturally healthy club who've been able to achieve their goals without really like dialing in listening to their body skill but but just by 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 making intentional choices so having their regular their regular meal schedule and being in and being intentional with their snacks and just moving away from that grazing mode and then uh, and then also you know, being intentional with their serving sizes, like that has, like that's enough to, to significantly change a lot of the, your relationship, the relationship with food and your weight for a lot of people. So if we, if we were going to, if you're ever stuck with, oh, what should I focus on next? <laughs> Making those intentional choices is really the key. Like just setting your intentions to doing daily practice, setting your intention for the day and then as you're moving through your day, when things arise that you hadn't anticipated, just pausing and making an intentional choice in the moment, like, oh, okay, this is this is new. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't expecting these donuts. Okay, how do I want this to go? Like, what? Like, do I want a donut? Yeah, maybe. Okay, cool. Am I going to have one? Yeah, great. But am I going to have ten? No. Like, just having setting those boundaries in the moment. So we'll talk, and this ties in, the intentional choices ties in with this idea of positive restriction. So we'll talk more about that soon. Tracking is uh, weighing ourselves every day. And the thought that goes along with that is, yes, I weigh whatever I weigh and it's okay. Like just to be coming at it wherever we, whatever our weight is, like we are always an amazing, worthy, you know, fantastic, wonderful human being, you know, flawed a human being. And our weight is actually just this, like, it's a, it's a side thing. It doesn't actually contribute. It doesn't make us, when we gain weight, we aren't any less worthy. And when we lose weight, we aren't any more worthy. And I think that can be an, a fascinating thing to experience is, and a lot of people do. It's like actually achieving your goal with your weight and going, oh, actually my life isn't really that much different. Like I still get have bad days. I feel still feel frustrated. I still feel, uh, you know, inadequate in some areas of life it's not like it's this magic thing and it's because and it's because it's true like your weight is just it's it's kind of this separate thing over here and your value is is untouched by by however that 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 fluctuates and then we've got e for enjoyment and yay the thought that goes along with that is there's no rush and the habit that goes along with that is just putting our cutlery down and also like looking forward to letting ourselves anticipate like 
planning in and letting ourselves look forward to food that we, delicious things that we're eating either later that day or um, later in the, in the future. Okay, so um, news for the week, post of the week, prize this week, went to Jen B, yay, for the, her negative post. Um, so I won't read out the negative post, but I do have some coaching if you're open to that um, on that post. It was so, such a great post, Jen, because um, I last for those of you who missed it last week, I put put out down a challenge out a challenge for um, someone to write for people to write in a, a really real and honest and negative. If it happened to be a negative post, amazing, in circle. But uh, I did want to read out. So Jen had uh, so it was, and this is like a great example of the value of just getting it all, getting all the honest, real negative stuff out of your head and onto paper because like Jen kind of like had this, like got the, got all the negative stuff out. And then she was kind of like, oh yeah, this doesn't feel that great. And actually I have to say like, there's been this, there's this positive stuff too. And so the positive stuff was, um, uh, yeah, I do have to say some things that I've, I have learned or I'm or are going okay because even with the negativity and frustration, I do still see them. So that's such a great thing to recognize is that we can be disappointed. We can be frustrated with the our progress and that does, and also still see the, the benefit, like the, the positives. So she said, one, I'm not afraid to eat any, um, eat carbs anymore. Um, I can have buttered toast with buttered toast with breakfast and it's okay. And to add to that, I can have, uh, I can I can have breakfast, and I don't have to try to do intermittent fasting because some health influences says it's the only way to lose weight. Two, I've started baking with my kids again, which I love. Yes, so fun, uh, and had stopped doing because I felt like I couldn't trust myself with the finished product. So that's such a beautiful, beautiful thing to re remember to realize. Uh, number three, I'm. Um, I now, after 22 years, realize that being hungry all the time and in a constant state of restriction or the converse in the effort, I'll just eat everything mode, <laughs> did not increase my health or happiness in any way. And so great to recognize that. And then for the biggest and the biggest big NHC has made me feel so much less alone in my struggles and like I was the only person who just couldn't figure this out, figure it out. So yes, really, um, yeah, really celebrating Jen for, for noticing these things and sharing them. And I want like all of you now to just think about like what uh, like what other benefits are you getting? Have uh, like over the last five and a half five five months from being in an actually healthy club? Aside from any like like weight stuff, like what are the what are the fringe benefits that are happening? Because we want to remember we change best and we when we feel good. So when we reward ourselves with our thoughts. So when we notice, oh yeah, actually I can bake with my kids now and it's really fun. <laughs> like, and yeah, actually I don't feel so alone anymore. Like that noticing that and celebrating that is so um yeah, yeah. Thanks, Sheila said, yeah, what an awesome post, so many positives. So I want all of you, because that regardless, because it's never like we're never all or nothing. It's never like that it's that it's never like that there's zero positives from doing this work. Maybe it's like I have more self-awareness or I'm able to coach myself like because I understand my thoughts and I'm able to coach myself and I'm like noticing that I'm reacting better in my being more intentional in my responses in my relationships and that's feeling good. Like there can be so many side benefits. So I want you to just pause now and think about, oh, what are some of those benefits for me? And if you want to share in the group, great. In the, in the chat, great. If you don't, that's when it keeps it to yourself. Cool too. But just 
always when we're doing work like any change work, it's so important to notice all the progress because the more we like give ourselves that positive reinforcement, like what we reward, we get more of. So the more we go, oh yeah, actually this is good. And that the more we feel good about that, we're getting dopamine and that gives us that incentive to keep going. Okay. And uh, what's next? Oh yeah. So we've just got a few more weeks of this group of the Naturally Healthy Club. So the new group will be starting in March. And for many people, like just six months in the Naturally Healthy Club is all, is enough and you'll know if that's you uh, trust your instincts and so yeah if you you'll need to uh, let me know if you want to complete at the end of the at the end of the month but the other option is to continue on and a lot of people do that as well and uh, and so I have actually a group called staying naturally healthy with ease and so if you decide to to um, to continue on you'll you'll automatically get enrolled in that group and basically that group gives you everything that you've got in this current group. So you, if you wanted to like attend the weekly calls and do that for, um, for the, for like in another six months, and a lot of people do that, they go back to back, that's an option. Or the other option is we, with the, the staying naturally healthy group is that we just do, we do like one, or there's actually two different times, but one call a month where we, uh, we meet as a group and we have, you know, different thing, things that we're, we're working on and that group is we we we, we focus on like quarter, quarterly goals and so for some people it's still focusing on weight is the is the is the main main goal but once people have achieved their weight sometimes it's like like we, we get to work on other things as well so at the moment I'm working on a goal on my sleep which I thought was failing miserably but actually when I looked at the data I actually was, I was doing better much better than I thought um so yeah, there's heaps of opportunity there. And in that, in the graduates group, there's also some bonus lessons that I have done on different topics. So uh, things like relationships. So with my after my marriage coaching, I uh, did a lesson on that. There's one on sex. There's one on uh, aging well. There's one on gut health. And uh, in March, I'm going to do a new one on hormone health, eating for eating for hormone health. Uh, Yes, so that's the graduate script. So if you, if you want, to, want to join that, you're welcome to. It's $99 a month. And with that one, you don't have to commit for another, yeah, um, you don't have to commit for another six months. Christine's asked, how do we sign up to continue on? Just um, message me or Caroline, Christine, and, and let us know that you want to, want to continue. Or if you want to complete, let us know that as well so that we can get things set up on the, on the payment end. Yeah, so the, and yeah, if you want to just stay on for another month or another couple of months, like you don't have to sign up for another whole six months if you don't if you don't want to. Because for some people, it's just like, oh yeah, I'm almost there. I just want a little bit extra. And um, yeah, so it's it's all good. Uh, but it is it is the, the graduates group is really fun and really supportive. So of course, like this group as well. Um, okay, but let's talk. Oh, and I will. Um, if you do have someone uh, like that, you know who might benefit but might be interested in joining the new group I am going to be opening up enrollments next week and so probably the best thing is just to send them to stone soup and get them to uh, have a look at the um, at the the naturally healthy club page like in the navigation it's pretty easy to find so they can that'll have all the details there um, can you take leave for a while and come back later um, yeah so if you want so great question Marisa um, with so I don't take enroll. I don't get. Don't bring people in between sessions. So if you did want to stop, then you would need to wait until the next enrollment in. Um, but so the next group will be starting in September. If you want to um to come back, 
Okay. Let's recap last, last week's lesson around roadblocks or fat bastard habits or unintentional habits. And basically what these are are the little habits, or, and some of them are bigger, that um, that block our weight loss. And and the thing is that they're really annoying because like they're all these little things that we eat and bits of food that go in our mouths that aren't really super enjoyable or we don't even really pay that much attention to them. But because we're, we're consuming them, they do block and they do stop us from, from like getting our weight to be where, where it is. So I went through a heap of examples. Mine was my <laughs> having cream in my tea and swigging cream out of the bottle. Um, but it's like things like, you know, grabbing nuts when you walk past a, a handful of nuts or grabbing a handful of crackers or grab a handful of chips or whatever it is every time you walk past the pantry. Um, it, it can be like after dinner foraging. So like, you know, like you, you finish dinner, everything's put away and then you're like, back in the kitchen like looking for something I just want just need something something or it can be um serving yourself too much just like having those big serving sizes just because you know serving yourself the same as your partner when they've they've got a completely different you know physique <laughs> and and then cleaning your plate even though you know it's like it's it's too much uh, another big one for me is like picking when I'm cooking it's like just oh just a little taste here and there and here oh that chicken skin looks good <laughs> like um uh, and then also like picking when I'm cleaning up as well. So like that's, that's a, another thing. Um, and 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 what else have we got? Double dipping. So like when you're serving yourself out, like when I'm, I do this all the time when I'm serving out my yogurt and my seeds, I'll be like, oh, yeah, and I'll serve it out. And then I'll be like getting another big spoon of yogurt and having that and like then I won't put the spoon back in the jar. I'm not, I am gross with the cream, but I'm not gross with the yogurt because other people are eating the yogurt. Uh, yeah, but going back, or if I'm having, serving out peanut butter during the same, like it's amazing how much peanut butter you can fit on a teaspoon. Um, always cleaning your plate. Oh, we already said that. Um, not eating enough during the day. So that is an example of restricting where it's not positive, like where you're not letting yourself have food or you're just rushing around and you're too busy and you're not prioritizing having a proper meal during the day. And then you're like, get home and you're like ravenous and you're just kind of inhaling everything that you can see like getting over hungry um and that yeah that's that that was that was all I had my on my on my list and so we last week we did an exercise to identify what your that bar so your roadblock habits are another one can be actually um is like eating kids like if you've got if you're having kids Tanya had posted this, this in the group of like they've le they've got leftovers and so you're just like polishing those off before rather than throwing them out uh, is, an, is another one for those of you that do have little little fussy eaters. Um, okay, so, so last week we did an exercise to identify like what yours are. And this is like not an exhaustive list. Like there can be so many unintentional um, habits and even just like the random grazing during the day. Like, yeah, there's, there, there are a million of them, but you will know what yours are. And the first thing you want to like identify is that just – like notice that oh yeah okay this is something that I do and then then you want to rather than it being this unintentional thing that just happens you want to you bring your intentionality into that habit and think about like you know the does the naturally healthy version of me do this and if the naturally healthy like do I really want this habit in my life and sometimes it might be yeah like you know I really like my after dinner little little whatever it is and sometimes but oftentimes it will be no and but what we want to do is just bring that that intentional thought into this habit and decide like is it worth it and 
then decide, okay, well, if it's not worth it and I want to stop it, like, you know, what, yeah, what could I do instead? How can I navigate this instead? And sometimes it's just a matter of deciding, yeah, okay, I'm going to make that call that after dinner, I'm, I'm not going to go back to, and if I had the urge, I'll coach myself. Um, but sometimes it might be just doing an experiment to see how it feels. And, and you might feel that actually, no, after dinner, I really do miss, like, I really, I really like having that. And so what you want, what you might experiment with instead is just actually planning in an intentional after dinner snack or after dinner treat, but being intentional with the serving sizes, like serving it out, sitting down and enjoying it and, uh, and taking it from there. So it's really like identifying the unique things for you and then just doing little experiments with them to be, to add some intentionality into it and just trial and error, like seeing how that goes. And then when it, you get to a place that feels good, great, keep going. But if it doesn't feel good, then keep trying different things. Uh, but doing this, doing that exercise and just thinking through your unintentional habits and unraveling those can be a huge thing, a huge contributor for weight loss. And I think I shared with you, um, guys last week like just this one habit alone for me that cream was enough to like that was over it was like over a week and a half and it's only like one kilo so two pounds but like that was a pretty significant weight loss for me when I wasn't even like wanting to lose a lot of weight and but with just from that that was the only change I made was just being intentional with my cream of not having it randomly and no squeaking out of the bottle and I if I did want to have um, cream after in my tea after dinner, I did, and that was it. So, okay, let's um let's now talk about positive rest restriction. And this lesson, I actually haven't taught it for for a long time, but I was re reminded of it last week, and I was like, yeah, this is this is such an important concept because the thing is, like with everything in life, there are like. They're like tools, like a hammer can be used to build a house and can be also used to like smash someone. <laughs> so like we have tools and the tools themselves are neutral and it's the meaning that we, like how we use them and the meaning that we put behind them that determines whether they like have a positive influence on our health and life or a negative in influence on our health and life. And so restriction is certainly one of those tools, one of those tools. And so when we're talking about restriction, like there are different ways that we can restrict food. So one can be just total calories, like which is, you know, your classic diet, uh, calorie counting, where they get you to be like at a calorie deficit. So where you're like, you're just restricting the total amount of food that's going in, into your body. And fascinatingly enough, like we know that doesn't work because the biggest predictor of weight gain, like um, my friend Diet Rose, who wrote the book Foodist, she went and looked at the, at the literature, like looked at went at, looked at all the research, and the biggest predictor of weight gain was someone if someone was dieting, then they're way more likely to gain weight than people who don't don't diet. So that type of restriction where you where you're actually restricting and you like you're not giving your body enough calories is problematic like we know that that is is, uh, is is not helpful over overall and we're talking about doing it over you know weeks and months um so that that type of restriction not helpful and also i think when we restrict and we're on that diet there's the physical part of our bodies aren't getting enough but for that they need each day 
but then there's also the psychological of like, oh, I'm eating less than I need. Like, and, and that feeling of de deprivation that comes from the psychological hunger. So there's like those two, it's that, that type of restriction feeds two types of hunger. And then there's restriction in terms of like types of food. So, you know, people that eat low carb, like me, <laughs> um, or low fat, or if we're, when we're in the 80s, or the people that are like vegans or um you know, people that quit sugar or people that like avoid all processed food. So that's an, that's an, another type of re restriction. And again, like that can, depending on how you think about it, it, it can be like, some people can, can like, it can be okay. And it can be actually a positive, helpful thing, but for some people it's, it's not. And so really like the, like you can have two people that are doing the same, eating the same food, like eating, both eating low carb, say, we'll use my example, both eating low carb. But if I'm doing it because I am choosing to, because I know it, like it maintains my blood sugar better. I, it helps, helps with my hormones. It makes my, like my hunger feels imbalanced and I really enjoy the food that I'm eating and I'm not really missing bread and pasta and rice. And I'm doing it from this empowered place. Then on the surface, yes, I'm restricting, but my experience isn't of restriction. My, so I'm not craving bread. I'm not like, I'm not building my psychological hunger for pasta because if I did want to have some bread or some pasta, I would have some bread or some pasta. Like I actually had some bread on, on the weekend. But, you know, that was probably the first slice of bread I've had in like, I don't know, months, <laughs> possibly longer. And so it, it was like no dramas. I had the bread. It was nice. But I was like, that was satisfying. So in that case, like in my, if you look at my diet on, on for some, but like for me, it's not restrictive at all. It feels good. It feels like I'm taking care of myself. I feel empowered when I eat this way and I love it. Whereas if someone else who really like does love bread and are doing, and who is doing like low carb because, well, they're being keto because they're told that's the only way to lose weight and it's being forced from external and their thoughts about it are, oh, it's not fair, I can't have bread and I can't have all these things, I have to do this, like they will feel restricted and then, of course, that's what the, and it'll be like the psychological hunger and that'll build their desire for bread and it won't be sustainable. So, um, yeah, so I'm getting getting ahead of myself here. But, yeah, so there's there's the, that's a, the second type of, of restriction is, well, yeah, actually, I'll go back and so we'll cover off types of restriction. Then we'll talk about the difference between positive and negative. So the types of restriction, we've got calories, like just total amount of food. We've got types of food, which we, I mentioned. And then the other, the other thing, way that we can restrict is in terms of time. And so like traditionally intermittent fasting. And so what's the difference between positive and negative restriction? Basically, as I alluded to in that example with me and eating low carb, it's how you think and feel about the restriction about eating less in, in whatever way that you're choosing to that determines whether it's going to have a net negative on your life or a net positive on your life. So if you're, if, and then you'll know that it's a ne it's negative restriction because it feels bad because it's really hard to stick to it because you feel deprived and you want to rebel. <laughs> um, and you're actually, you know, you, you'll, you'll be, be feeling hungry a lot of the time and whether that and that could be physical hunger and psychological hunger and the other thing with negative restriction is that your weight your weight will end up like your your weight will end up either going staying the same or going up like it, you're, it's going it's that it, 
feeling like you're in that losing battle. Whereas you know that what you're doing is positive restriction when it feels good to you, when it feels like, yeah, this is how I want to be eating, where it feels restorative to use Naomi's word, where it feels sustainable and where it results in either weight loss or your weight being stable because that's where you want it to be. Like where it, it feels positive restriction feels empowering, like negative restriction feels disempowering. And basically, um, like really well at the at the core of it like positive restriction is just being intentional and but I didn't want to call this lesson being intentional because we've had a lot of lessons called like with names like that but also because I really want to highlight that it's okay for you to have less (laughs) it's like um and really the the number of ways I wanted to have this lesson is because I think one of the biggest sneaky thoughts that blocks weight loss for a lot of people, particularly in the naturally healthy club when we're on this journey to lose weight without dieting is seeing all restriction as bad. So it's like, oh, I shouldn't be restricting. And actually um, when I, the last time I taught this, like there was a quote from someone who said, oh, I shouldn't be restricting. And so then I'm eating a whole bag of chips <laughs> or uh, another one was like uh, Gail, she was like, oh, She's like, oh, I shouldn't be restricting. So I'm just giving myself permission to have like three large croissants. <laughs> like, um, so you can see how like that sneaky thought of, oh, I shouldn't be restricting. How on the surface, it feels great. Yeah, like, of course, like, yes, of course, we don't want you to be restricting, but we don't want you to be negatively restricting where it feels bad to you. But having like restricting in where you're being intentional about your serving sizes and having you know, balance around that, that's actually a, that, that's that's actually something that, is what we, we want to do and if you are going to achieve your, your weight goals at some point you will need to to have some boundaries because we know that like that negative restriction isn't doesn't get us where we want to go it's the biggest predictor of weight gain but we also know that having a free-for-all where we're not restricting and there's no boundaries and we're just eating whatever as much as our amygdala and our inner child wants like every little we're indulging every little bit like on that end of the spectrum like that doesn't help with our weight either or our health or our enjoyment or our satisfaction in life like they're both pretty miserable places so what we want to do is find this balanced place in the middle where we're using being intentional so Moving forward, I'll talk about it in terms of being being intentional. But essentially, being intentional is 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 using positive restriction. It's like having some boundaries with ourselves. It's like, yep, I am going to have a cookie. I'm going to make set that intention to have a cookie, and I'm going to have one. Um, so restriction causes me to become a secret eater. Couldn't break the rules in public, so went undercover. Yes, Lindsay. Yes, that's definitely another another like another dark, dark side to it. But if it's being intentional, it's like it's like you're giving yourself permission to have 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 cookies but you're having a boundary around it do you think that that would drive the secret eating do you want to yeah it's just something I noticed from past attempts at dieting was that I I carry so much shame with that because people would say no you're doing really well because you know I didn't eat xyz while I was out and um, everybody could play testimony to my good behaviors but going undercover yeah, it just brought shame as well as not the right results. Yeah, so you've got the double whammy of not of, of badness. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Whereas do you feel like what you're doing now in terms of like being intentional with your choices, that that's not causing any secret, secret squirrel eating? 
Yeah, not at all. I've got no need to. Um, and in fact, I notice the ripple effect when I'm out. So I'm the first now to ask for a doggy bag, a take home box. And when I'm out with a group of friends, it felt awkward and embarrassing. But now they go, oh, yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so you're being a trendsetter. Yeah, amazing. And like, so you're not wasting the food. You're getting like amazing food for another meal. Like so good. Yeah, I love that. So good. Thanks, Lindsay, for sharing. Um, yeah, so basically, like, how how positive restriction we can use this is by being intentional. It's by just asking ourselves, like, how, how do I want this to go? And just thinking it through ahead of time so that we use our prefrontal cortex to make decisions. And and that's that really brings us into balance. And I, I've been thinking about this a lot this week because, and actually, Jen, after reading your super negative post, like, so one thing that I just naturally do as part of my like you know, relationship with food is I see it rather than seeing what I'm eating on a like a day looking at the, my weight on a day-to-day -day basis I kind of feel, feel, think about it over the, the the course of the week and so during the week yeah I am like I'm not like I, I wouldn't like I'm not real I'm being being intentional more intentional during the week and then on the weekends like, yeah, I'm having ice cream on Saturday night and Sunday night. And I am like intentionally eating, like having bigger servings for dinner because we're usually like, you know, cooking something special. So my weight is pretty much always up like a kilo. So that's two pounds on a Monday morning. And yeah, every Monday when I see that number, I'm like, oh, and it's like, yes, I did have that little bit of like, oh, I wish it wasn't that high, but but this is, but but then I'm like, no, this is fine. It was worth it, and I know that, like on Monday, like my appetite is just not the same. Like because I've had that, like all, all that extra food on the weekend, like I'm so I listen to my body and I intentionally serve myself less on Mondays, not from this like negative restriction place, but from this restorative place. It's this being intentional place of actually, that's 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 all I'm going to need. Like last night I just had some tofu and some. Uh, cucumber and hot sauce with it and because that that's like I didn't really didn't really feel that hungry and that's that's all I needed and then of course today my weight's not quite back to post weekend like to Friday's level but it's it's pretty close either tomorrow or the next day it'll be back and so I wanted to offer that to this this idea to you that this is this is actually a good pattern like I actually really like this rhythm of eating where it's like I'm eating like so my total intake like more of it's coming on the weekends and being more indulgent on the weekends and then having less during the week to, and particularly on a Monday to balance it out is actually a really nice rhythm and I was thinking about like if I were like wanting to lose weight which is a project that I will be doing in April so my project in March is actually to gain some weight just to have that experience and because I, I feel like there'll be things that I can learn to help my clients with, um, help you guys with. But if I were trying to lose weight, I probably would be a little bit more intentional. Like, like, do I really need all that food on the weekends that I had this weekend? Probably not. Like I could probably dial that back a little bit. And so that, that would, that would fall into balance. Um, yeah, great. Sheila's saying I like the concept of a restorative day after a day of feasting. Yeah, and actually, like having this is this is normal. Like this is how I want to live. Like, and it feels like it's a, so because remember, like it's it's the thoughts that we think about our behavior 
that determine whether they're positive or negative, like they have a positive or negative effect in our life. So the me thinking this is this is the natural rhythm of my life and this is how I want to live, like being intentional with that feels really good. So so yes, how's everyone feeling? What's coming up? Does anyone is anyone freaking out about this idea of 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 negative of positive restriction or can you see that that it actually like being intentional is 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 really how we find this middle ground like does anyone have any thoughts or worries or questions you want to share with the group yeah we go and genesis i've noticed i'm less hungry on mondays after a weekend with food yeah it's just like this is just normal it's like cool but what becomes a problem is if like you're in a pattern of you eat this certain amount of food all the time and then on mondays you're eating that amount of food it's going to take you know it takes longer for that weight that weekend weight to come off and that's where it can be um be be frustrating so yeah jen i was sure. going to <laughs> What you said, like, it all sounds just like very wonderful. And I would like that to be me, but I really feel like. Well, I was going to say, Jen. (laughs) Yeah, it's just not like after that, like really unintentional weekend. So I felt like my hunger levels after the weekend were actually up. And I have been thinking about it. Like, are they up? Or I also think there could have been some of that sneaky you know, look what you did. You have to start eating less now. So I don't quite know what, like, I don't know, but it just felt like I was just hungry all the time. And then I was like, well, it's NHC. I shouldn't have to be hungry all the time. But then I think I was like veering towards that unintentional. Well, I'll have a snack. I'll have a snack. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, what am I like? What am I doing? Yeah, Jen. Yeah. So I think like, and I think that like that's it. Like you can get on that roll of like, oh yeah, okay. I'm so I'm just and just eating unintentionally and just and then it's it's that kind of yeah, it does drive you to want to eat more. So it's and I think what you did is perfect. They just pause and go, hang on, this doesn't feel good. I'm not meant to be hungry, but I'm also not meant to be just randomly eating stuff all the time. Like that doesn't feel good either. And just yeah, like bring it back to being intentional with like, yeah, no, have my breakfast. I know that worked for me. Like setting myself up with my day. What are you thinking, Jen? Yeah, I think so. I think I need to start like consciously eating a bigger breakfast again. Cause I'm like, just thinking of this thing. Like, I feel like I've like gone down on the size of the breakfast with some of the like, you shouldn't eat so much. And then I get really hungry during the day and then I'm extra hungry after dinner. I don't know. Right. Like it all makes so much sense when you say it. And then I just feel <laughs> like, I just wish I just wasn't so hungry. Like still most of the time. Yeah. Cool. 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 Okay. So what we want to do, Jen, is like, let's like, let's, let's, although let's like, so you've got to like, an extreme case of like the psychological hunger remember so like this is like of course it sucks and like I wish it was easier for you too but we're making progress I think that's the thing to to tune in with is like yeah and remember like before you started this like this time last year like how would you have been feeling every day yeah not great yeah yeah 
So yes, it still feels uncomfortable because you're in the uncomfortable of change, but this is kind of a, a nicer discomfort to have than the discomfort that you had before. And I think that's an important thing for everyone like to remember is that whenever we're going through change, it does feel like, like we've got, we, it does feel uncomfortable and that's okay. Like it's kind of like, it's not, it's very rare that we like want to change something. We want to learn a new skill and we just like get on the bike and just start riding. Like, you know, there's all this, all, always this wobbly feeling that feels a bit out of control and it doesn't feel like, super great all the time and that's okay like we'd want to expect it to feel a bit wobbly some sometimes and but also looking at oh yeah actually but compared to when I couldn't even get on a bike at all like I'm doing pretty well and just keep going yeah yeah and so the other thing I was thinking about for you Jen was like from your post was like the because this is a sneaky thought that always comes up is like wanting it to be easier and wanting it to be faster. So yep. like, and just like having that compassion with yourself of like, yeah, of course, like I want this to be faster. But just noticing but me wanting to rush is just making me feel like just noticing and coaching yourself in the moment. It's like when you feel those 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 rushing thoughts, just noticing them. And being like, oh, yeah, like, of course that's coming up. So being compassionate with yourself. Of course I want this to, like, you know, of course if I could just wave a magic wand and, like, be there, like, that would be, like, I would want that. But, it, you know, so have the compassion, but also then go, yeah, but me dwelling on on this isn't isn't helpful. What could I think about instead? And that then shifting the, your gaze from, oh, yeah, this is taking going to take forever to, okay, I am making progress and reminding yourself of that, that like giving yourself a little dopamine boost of, with the progress that you are making and really having like that hyper-focus on just one day at a time. So whenever you have a, whenever your body's, your brain's wanting to rush, just bringing it back to no, because really the, the fastest way to get there is to, is to like be the best version of you that you can be each day. And by adding those like, those days together that's how you get there quickly of course you don't have to be put do it perfectly but it's so just focusing on the, the the current when you notice that you're rushing your body brings on a rush just remind it no let's just okay what do we do let's set my intention for today well how's today going to go and just focus on today or if it's already half the end of the day is almost gone just think about okay well what's what have I got on for the rest of the day and how do I want that to go and remembering that you you have we've got that evidence, Jen, that you can feel satisfied, like we can feel not hungry all the time, and the weight can be starting to slowly shift. Yes. That is in my belief plan. I write that down every morning. <laughs> yeah, but do you feel like that that evidence is like that's it is still there? Like it's shaky, but it's it's still there. Like a, yes. Yes, I think it's still there, and I think I just want to go back through my journal and like look at what I was writing when I felt like things were going a little bit better, maybe, because I feel like lately I've not been writing very much in the morning. So I think I need to go back and see like, what were the daily thoughts that I felt like were very helpful at maybe giving them an encore performance. Yeah, great, great. And that can be fun. Like if you, if you, if you feel, if you feel called to do that, by all means do it. Um, but it's probably just that like, yeah, like that, the, the, that, there's no rush one, I think was helpful. Mm -hmm. Like, if you had to guess yeah. what they, what those thoughts, like, 
And just choosing one thought, I think, can be. Just one seems like so little to me. <laughs> no, no. So okay, I think okay. it's, okay, I feel like the two big ones for me were like, that. there's no rush because this is the last time I'm going to do this. Yes. And I have evidence I can eat until I'm satisfied and still lose weight. There we go. And that's all you need. Yeah. Just because with that belief. Yeah. Really only two? Well, you can do more if you want, Jen. I'm just trying to make your okay. life easier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Positive restriction. <laughs> restricting the number of thoughts, restricting the amount of work. Yeah. But like less is always more. Like the simpler it is. Okay. Yeah. The easier it is to go. Okay. That yeah. would be my experiment. I'm just going to try those two for the next week. Amazing. Yeah. And, um, oh, yeah, and the other thing I wanted to ask you about, Jen, from your post was, um, yeah, so you said, I'm frustrated and I wish it was easier for me, which, yep, okay, of course. <laughs> um, and while I'm on a scale round, I generally see now that now clear correlation with how much I've eaten and the scale the next day. And then the next sentence is I can have a naturally very low carb day when I feel like I haven't eaten that much and see a gain. And then I can have a day where I intentionally enjoy carbs at every meal and see a loss. So when Jules mentions um, having a really intentional day and then using the scale as positive reinforcement, I just don't see it. So I'm kind of curious about that because you've kind of said it the first bit. It sounds um, like. I think I must have. Yeah. I think it was a typo. Yeah, right. Say, I see no correlation. Ah, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I can go back and edit that one. Yeah. yeah. No cool. correlation. Yeah. Okay. So do you think that's because like, um, so, so, and cause you're looking at it from a, like you're thinking about it in terms of, okay, what carbs have I had and how much like. No, but I, not even that like it's just weird because I felt like for the whole time and I'm actually very curious if anybody wants to type in the chat like do people really see that do you really see like a correlation the next day based on what you've eaten because I feel like I just really don't and like today the scale was up two pounds and I don't feel like I ate like a ton yesterday and then like the last time we did coaching all of a sudden the scale was like down like a pound a day for like four days and I didn't feel like I was doing anything differently so like for me I do think it's good to track because there have been huge periods where I've just like basically hidden the scales and pretended not to be the ostrich you know? yeah I did the ostrich so I think it's good but I don't feel like I can use the scale as reinforcement for anything because it doesn't seem to be correlated to anything yeah okay so does anyone else like other than me <laughs> does anyone else see a correlation between like what you eat and the scale the next day does anyone or am i the only one in the whole world who sees this i i do jules and jen like especially Thanks, uh, it's not only volume but it's also and I've posted about this, like a day of high salt eating or, uh, you know, the next day the scale is or more carbs because like Jules, I, my tendency, what works best for me, the boundaries I that work best for me are, are lower carb. So if I have a day of, of more carbs, then the scale does go up. 
I love the scale. I know it's very personal. I was away for a week visiting my son and I, I was so sad because I didn't bring my scale. <laughs> he missed anyway, it. I love the scale. I, I find the data very useful. Yeah. And it is helpful to see that correlation. I, yeah. I, but you know, everybody's, everybody's different. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Sheila. Does anyone else, does anyone else see a correlate? Or can you usually figure it out? Like go, okay, it's up or it's down because of this. Like, do you feel, or do you, do you feel like you're flying? Like you got no idea what, what's causing it. Type in the chat if you feel more comfortable typing, but I'm curious. It's taken okay. a while to figure it out. Jules, sorry to jump okay. in again, but it's taken it's taken time for me to figure out those few key points, like about the carbs, about the salt. It's, I've only learned that over time, honestly. Okay, amazing. Cool. Adine? I think there's yeah. actually a happiness factor. Oh, Carol, I love this idea. Tell me more. Well, I, I don't understand it, but I do know that when I'm feeling happy or just maybe not even so focused on food or happily engaged in life, it, it things happen. <laughs> and I, I wish I could bottle it, you know, and just have a teaspoon every day or something. <laughs> but it, it it's kind of just mysterious. I've watched that for a long time, but I, you know, I can go into this kind of eating less, um, you know, thinking, um, you know, hopefully in a positive restriction, but then I'm not eating enough. And then I see my peanuts in a cupboard or, you know, that's when I start to get snacky. And, and then pretty soon I've lost the balance, you know, and then I, if I can get some protein in, you know, maybe something more substantive, some meat in a salad or, you know, hard boiling or something. But um, I, I'm, I'm playing with that balance all the time. Just, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think that's relax, a really nice way relax. to describe it. Yeah, I can relax and be happy. And, <laughs> and then, oh my gosh, I've eaten another slice of bread or so, you know, and then I'll watch the scale go up or I, I, I kind of, lose my discipline you know while i'm being happy <laughs> oh right so when you're being happy you're not being intentional like you're just you're not thinking about it much and so you just maybe, maybe it is is that the whole so process it's kind of like of celebration eating slips to the back and and i'm more focused on my life than food and that if i can stay kind of in that realm Food seems to have a sort of natural perspective, but I can also get focused on food. Amazing. And then I'm trying to play a balance and I lose something else <laughs> when I'm focused on the food. And and then I, I, I'm trying to just sort that out. Right, right, right. So there's... So going to the coast with my friends and we ate whatever I mean it was not crazy eating and to come home and have lost weight including pie and I had a cookie and you know and we mostly sat it wasn't like we were working out 
and then the scale goes down. That's what I call the happiness factor. Yes, I, I love that. Back, so it's like you're just eating in balance, like because you were with your friends. So food was a part of that, but the amount that you would have been eating was imbalanced. And so you, yes. it feels easy. Yeah. Great. Maybe, maybe if I'm not so focused or the agenda isn't quite so tight, you know, then I start focusing more on the food or I don't know what gets off them. Right, right. Okay, so it's like when you're paying more attention to the food, that's when you get snacky, is that? Uh, well, I might try to restrict in the morning, you know, cut back a little bit, and then I need something with the meds about 11.30, you know, so, well, maybe I'll just have the other half of my toast or something. I'll cut my breakfast back to accommodate the medicine at 11, you know, and then, well, about two o'clock, I'm ready for some soup or something, you know, or then maybe by four o'clock, well, I haven't had enough all day long, so I'm really hungry about four o'clock. And, you Great. know, it, it's, that's the pattern that I can get into that is not helpful. Yeah. So, right. it, it's, so that doesn't feel good to you when you're doing that. No, I then I end up hungry. Yeah, right. So then I can have a day where I feel hungry all day. Yeah, which was that's not that's not what we want. And and yeah. truthfully, it was. I was hungry all day, you know. But right. I was, yeah, I was. I, I would like to say I was distorted in my thinking about food, thinking I was restricting, but I it it wasn't serving my what my body really needed. great so that was yeah great so this is an example when you have a day like that that's negative restriction because you're thinking i should be having i should i should be i shouldn't be having so much and you but the and the the problem there is like you're not letting yourself feel satisfied at that's meal times. it yeah yeah whereas when you let yourself feel satisfied at meal times and even if that means going back and getting another boiled egg or getting in you know, whatever letting yourself feel satisfied at your meal times that keeps you in your rhythm for the day and then you you find that balance yes amazing so that was so yeah. we know what to do carol like that's the thing to do is just let you it's like letting yourself feel satisfied at meal times and so it's like jen's belief of that i can feel satisfied and still lose weight that's the yeah. thought to to focus on for that and because they weren't having breakfast yet she had made this beautiful cranberry walnut bread oh amazing <laughs> and i you know we cut it a slice and i cut it in half i toasted it i put butter on it and i thought oh that was wonderful and i you know <laughs> that's that was a happiness eating and that was my breakfast with the meds that first morning you know and i thought this this is not you know you were letting yourself feel so it's not sad it's not it is the happiness but the, the the key part of the happiness eating that's in balance for you carol is the satisfaction is that you're feeling oh. satisfied oh, there we okay go. now i'm i'm going to say this if it's something that tastes really good is flavorful that's the most satisfying thing yes, not yes. just eating food if it's something Wonderful. delicious this is exactly what being naturally healthy is all about yeah see the enjoyment eat for enjoyment it's big yeah love it oh thank you carol and celebrating that you're on the call on the on the ipad with Doug carol's got the tech happening amazing amazing yes it's been doing
Okay. Thank you, Carol, for sharing that. Adine, did you want to share something about the scale? Actually, I did because it's sort of tied into the fast food habit that I've been working on a lot because I also do um, – because we've been talk we talked about it right in the last call of the staying naturally healthy. So I've had a little bit more time to keep working on it. Um, and I realized that it's a two part for me because it's not just what's going in the mouth, but it's actually the other end that's even more important. Yeah. And that, that I think for me as, as a lifelong person who has struggled with this very quite all the time, not knowing as a child what needed to be done and all of these things. And I've spent my life in positive restriction. Well, sometimes positive, sometimes less positive because various foods affected me very strongly. Um, that that is actually more of an important factor than what I'm eating that day. So that, that to me is a frustrating, that, that can be a frustrating thing. That's not necessarily it feels less in our control. Yes, yeah, and that can that can make it feel like, oh, I ate this, like I feel like I didn't overeat, but then my scale's up it's because, like, the, yeah, like if you're constipated, there's more, there's more, like, food in your digestive system. So, of course, that has an impact on the number of scales. And, and if you've got diarrhea, it's all going out. So, like that. I wish I had that problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So Jen, can you see like there's other factors and I think it might be helpful for everyone. Like next week we'll do just a recap on the, all the factors that play into the scale. And so that rather than it just being this mysterious thing, because I think the more you can notice when you can go, ah, oh, and you can attribute what you like a get a hypothesis about what's causing the weight, like the weight numbers it just feels a little bit more empowering. Like when Sheila said like, you know, oh yeah, okay, well I had a really high salt day. So even though I didn't eat that much, like I didn't feel like I've overeaten, but my the weight is up, it's because I'm retaining water. So like understanding that can really, that can can help. Amazing. Okay, there's been some great um, suggestions in the chat that I just want to highlight before we before we finish up about prefer the phrase like bringing back bringing back balance I love that Lindsay like so good um yeah like because that, and that's what it is it's oh, I'm just bringing back some balance yeah like it doesn't and that feels good like it feels like I'm doing this for me it feels feels positive so I wouldn't actually I don't actually think and I never think the term positive restriction in my head I never think I'm I'm positively restricting like I did just wanted to have that title for emphasis but moving forward, yeah, bringing back boundary, bringing back balance or um, having that, yeah, like thinking of seeing it as just being intentional is is really great. Um, oh, Jenna said sometimes I do see a correlation the next day. Um, if I have wine on the, on the weekend, it goes up. Interesting, Jennifer, because often wine makes the scale go down because it dehydrates you. So some people notice that. So but um, everyone's different. Interesting. Um, okay, cool. So how is everyone feeling like moving into the week ahead? We all know what we're focusing on. Being intentional is what I would highly recommend. <laughs> yeah. Did anyone have any coach? Like did anyone struggling? Is anyone, did anyone want any coaching before we wrap up? No? Good. Amazing. Excellent. Well, have a fantastic week, everyone. And um, oh, oh, Dean, did you want to? 
Sorry, just just along with the the constipation piece, I really so I had listened. I'd done your long time call, so I've started to add in flax seeds and yogurt almost every day, and onto the stewed prunes. Like really, I just feel like so much of my calories of the day is like used up. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure that things are moving. Mm. I, I just, yeah. I and and the drinking right we talked about the drinking before so I'm trying to I've started with licorice tea in the evening to help with the digestion so all the things means that now it's once at least one it's now not great but at least once a day which is an improvement for me um but it's it's not it's not meant to be more than once a day (laughs) I I I know but the quality you know what the quality okay yeah right uh-huh. I know, I know what it means to for the system to be working for my system, and it's still just very clogged Have up. You, you might want to experiment with magnesium, Dean. Do you take magnesium oh, supplements? Because no, I don't know. I don't think so. No. Yeah, because I know you're not a huge on taking supplements, and I think you can get powders and things, but um, just, just a magic like, cupboard. Yeah, I would um, do an experiment with having magnesium because there's been a couple of people that have calcium with magnesium. Yeah, is that yep. how how much? We'll just start with whatever they're recommending as a serving size on that. Okay. And do an experiment, but um, I've worked okay. with a couple of people who were struggling with constipation and like lifelong struggles with constipation and taking magnesium, like got everything moved like was really yeah really made it made a difference so um, okay. yeah definitely I mean, I'm, I'm willing to try anything to <laughs> <laughs> yeah just 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 see how it goes yeah okay. yeah and if it doesn't make a difference like you might want to um then then let me know the the dose on on that one and we you might want to experiment with more like i i take a lot of magnesium it's it's like something that most people are deficient in and it's really beneficial for like millions of different aspects of health but gut health is like a really key part of it yeah okay excellent all right i'm putting it on the microwave so i see it when i do my warm thing in the evening and i will take it in the evening okay brilliant brilliant magnesium (laughs) let's get get things moving for a (laughs) dean thank you jules yeah um okay carol's asked Okay, so if everyone anyone wants to go, please please do. I'll see you guys next week. Carol's just asked, do you have any advice about eating food from the retirement kitchens? Um, I don't really have experience with retirement kitchens, Carol, but um, I, like, I guess like being guided by like trusting yourself on like because remember, there's no bad food, so it's just like choosing the things that feel good to you. Yes, and I. I think, you know, there would be absolute success if I was cooking my own food all the time. Um, But, you know, I take sometimes the entrees, you know, maybe the curry or the salmon or, um, and, you know, for example, last week, a chicken, a braised chicken thigh came with some pureed parsnips. And, um, or, you know, maybe a salmon will come, you know, with wild rice and broccoli. Well, that would be a good one. And usually that portion would be enough for two meals of the, the salmon. 
you know, I would split that. And I can always choose a salad, you know, and do my do my takeout and put the salmon on for a lunch the next day. Or, but I feel like I'm always juggling what are they putting as their sauces or how are they cooking their meats? And, you know, I, I'm in a little bit of a bind with choosing, you know, how, how to choose. I've encouraged them to have a wellness menu, but it's so bland then. <laughs> right, you right. Know? Right. So what are your concerns about this, the sources, Carol? Well, I, I just, you know, I, I see, okay, they're flavorful. So that's why I like them. But I don't know what, you know, they may be a wine braise or a butter base or, you know, whatever. They, they do a little sauce over the meats. And um, it's, it's not a lot. But it is adding something. Well, I guess it's adding flavor. Yeah. But I, I think I would be more successful, you know, not eating it sometimes because yeah. I don't know what's in them. No, I, I disagree. So it's like, like, and that thought, like I would be more successful if I was cooking for myself. That's like, that's kind of a sneaky thought that's making it harder for you. Cause you're like, then you're like, oh, well, it's kind of like out of my control and it just doesn't, that doesn't feel very empowering. So like, it sounds like, like having, like having like so many people would be like, it's amazing. Like to have it like catered food options. So rather than thinking about it, I would be more successful if I didn't have to do this. But what about thinking about it in terms of actually I can, I can make choices that feel really good for me here. Like I can, I can find yeah. a way to make this successful. I can find a way to be successful okay. with this. The soups, okay. Um, I, I've made okay. My uh, a typical day would be my toast with something on it, you know, with some hummus or cheese or peanut butter and an apple or a slice or two. Um, and sometimes I will cut that back and just have the rest of it about eleven with the next med. But then I would go for a soup, and it may or may not have, you know. It, it could have meat or beans or um, it might be a puree of a, you know, a sweet potato or something. You know, I never know what the soup is, but I, I like it because it's hot. Right. Okay? And so I would put maybe part of a sandwich with that. And if I get a sandwich, I probably cut it into thirds or quarters, a tuna sandwich or an egg salad sandwich. And I would have that soup or half of the soup with part of a sandwich for lunch but then in the middle of the afternoon I get a little hungry you know so that's where my peanuts come in or something about 3 30. I'm just wondering Carol and, um sorry to interrupt you Carol I'm just wondering sure. if that's like when you have because if you're having a soup and sandwich even if there is a little bit of protein it's not a lot of protein in your lunch and so then you're feeling hungry later so I'm just wondering yeah. if there's an a way that you could like find a way to like to make a choice for lunch. Like could you have the salmon like from like or the meat? Yes. Like, that's, like, that's actually that's, actually choosing those options right. instead of because I actually don't eat a lot of soup because I, I have this like I notice when I have soup, like it just tends to make my weight go up and I don't know like it and I, I think it's 
and things. Yeah, yeah like it, I think it's the salt, whatever. But like, I, and, and I'm not a huge soup lover, so I'd much rather have. And also, I think like there's something about chewing as well. <laughs> like, I find it more satisfying if I'm like chewing some salmon or chewing an egg, like rather than just sipping yeah. food off a spoon. So, I would experiment, Carol. First of all, start thinking like I can find a way to be successful with 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 this current eating, and I do an experiment that, that, and see. That is huge because if, I started this thing hating, you know, thinking I had to just make all my own food. So I I'm trying to work. Good. So you are you already have some evidence. That, yes, yeah, I, yes, I am trying to, but I I never know. My my scale is very, you know, I I haven't succeeded with it. Let's put it that way. There are uh, there are choices like the salmon, you know, where I might put it on a salad for lunch. Yeah, amazing. Or put, you know, uh, um, but then what do I do for supper? Because I feel like I've already had my main protein at lunch. You we'll know, have so protein again at dinner. Would... Have, pro have protein again at dinner. Like, so remember, we prioritize protein. So I have, like, I focus on having protein at lunch and protein at dinner. Ah, so the, see, I've kind of switched to have one be a soup and part of a sandwich meal. Yeah, well, I think just do an experiment, Maybe, but I think what you'll find proteins. Yeah, yeah, I like focus on the protein at lunch, but I also I would be having the protein at dinner. I'd be like, like unless you really love the soup and sandwich meals, like if you really no. love them, include them. But <laughs> I'd be I'd be having protein at lunch and dinner. I just, just saw it as that. later. I saw it as yeah. Longer. See, this is it. it's not that it's lighter is not satisfying, and then it's causing you to eat peanuts later, and that's like that's when you get out of balance. So proteins are most satisfying macronutrient. And remember that like there's a theory in nutrition that's being studied at the moment that that our bodies are actually looking to because because we can store carbohydrate, we can store fat, but we can't store we do store a little bit of protein in muscle, but we don't really store protein in our bodies. So there's a theory in nutrition that we are, our bodies are, aren't looking to meet, they feel satisfied when they meet, like when we fill up our calorie, uh, our protein buckets. So if you're, you could be eating like, you know, way more calories than you need, but your body's still going to be, be looking for food if, if it hasn't got the protein there. So in order to like have that satisfied feeling, you have to get enough protein. And that's why that's my only dietary recommendation for everyone is to make sure you're prioritizing protein because you can have like you could eat if you eat the same like amount of food, like the same amount of calories, but one's very low protein, you won't feel satisfied. Whereas if you have like you could have you could have a bowl of rice and a piece of salmon, the same calories, the piece of salmon is going to be feeling is going to make you feel really satisfied. Even and the whereas the rice is going to make you feel hungry later because your body's be like oh there wasn't very much protein in that where's the protein okay and it makes you like gets gets you into that snacky mode because it's looking for protein so the way to get back into that balance where you feel good is to focus on the protein. Okay, I'm going to throw another one out there. The okay, sandwiches. let's do it. Let's do sandwiches. Yeah, and chicken salad, egg salad, and. Tuna salad. I mean, those would be the four that yeah. you know might come up. And so I cut them in such a small piece, probably because of the bread. So I should skip the bread and eat the filling. Yes, that's what I. That's what I would do. I would be there. Definitely check getting rid of the crust. Just eat more. Eat more of the sandwich, the but eat 
the filling. Okay. Yeah. Let's okay. Let's do some experiments to play around, Carol. How does that feel for today? Yeah, I like that. Amazing. And yeah, celebrating you for being here on the call. So great, Carol. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate yeah, it. Keep up the amazing work. Um, Lindsay said, I have soup with a slice of chicken or boiled egg. There you go. I love that idea, Lindsay. Yeah, like having, oh. the, having the protein with the soup instead of a sandwich oh. with the soup. Yeah, very smart. So, now, I would switch and eat the salad for supper, and then I really am hungry. Okay. All right. We're on it. Okay. Dean's taken her magnesium, so we are all good. Amazing. Have a great week, everyone. And, yeah, look forward to catching you guys next week. Bye.